The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, beauties? This is the Bear of Texas, and welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I guess I should be a happy camper because today France qualified for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, which means that France will be defending the title on the big stage next winter. Yeah, not summer, because keep in mind, it's not going to be in the summer. It's actually going actually to be in the winter. So, yeah, well, it's in Qatar. So, yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm happy that France qualified, but I'm far from impressed, honestly, because... I am looking at the group that France was in for the World Cup qualifiers and the fact that they could not beat the likes of Ukraine and Bosnia and Herzegovina, you know, that, that, that just did not sit well with me. You know, the, the way that France started this World Cup qualifying campaign was just utter disappointment. And the second part of the campaign was an even more utter embarrassment, okay? The fact is, they did not have a good result until they played Kazakhstan today, where they won 8-0. Before then, France was just, you know, absolutely pathetic in the World Cup qualifying games. I mean, they were just lucky that that their opponents could not take advantage of it. I mean, I remember the opening game at home against Ukraine, a 1-1 draw. Okay. The second game, a 2-0 win on the road against Kazakhstan. 2-0 when it could have easily been... At least five to zero, and then a unconvincing one nothing win on the road in Bosnia. Okay, you know, I, I'm telling you these these results overall in France's World Cup qualifying campaign, it's it's bad. I mean, how how can I be satisfied personally? You know, when France has e- easily has over a billion dollars dollars worth of talent, and they can't get it done against these very these very small national teams. 
Well, I shouldn't say small. I should not say small countries, but I should say teams that are considered inferior compared to France. And you have a hard time against that because you can't get it done mentally. You can't get your shit together. That is completely unacceptable, a hundred percent unacceptable. So no, I I'm I'm anything but impressed. Okay, I mean yeah, they they top the group against you know against a, against a bunch of bunch of national teams that are way below them. I mean France should have had no problem. France should have should have had no problem winning all their games. Now there is one more game left to play. They'll be they'll be playing Finland on the road on Tuesday, but since France topped the group, there's really nothing to worry about. So, but I'll get to that in a bit. But the bottom line is, folks, I'm I'm not impressed. Now to get a, a little bit more positive. Now before the World Cup qualifiers resumed last month, to be precise. France was actually in the semifinals of the Nations League game, and they were able to win it, coming back from behind to beat Belgium three to two after after Belgium coughed up a two nothing lead. You know, there was one thing that I noticed from that game was the resilience, the teamwork, the trust, and the mentality. France actually started showing some of that. Now, there's a reason why France scored three unanswered goals and came back to win, beat to eliminate Belgium. And let's not forget, France went on to beat Spain in the final. Although the game-winning goal was controversial, I mean Spain took the lead, and it did not take long for France to respond. So France showing that resilience, okay. In that particular game, Spain was just so heavy at the midfield, heavy on the attack, and a very young French defense with Jules Condé and Dayo Upamecano, those guys holding off a fierce Spanish attack. Those two guys, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you have potential. The likes of Theo Hernandez as well has amazing potential. You know, lately I've been so impressed with those guys. Theo Hernandez, Dayo Upemecano, Jules Condé. I mean, Jules Condé has, is really beginning to prove himself big time. The dude's making progress, and I, I just can't wait to see what the, what the future has in store for that guy. But this particular game against Kazakhstan, too. Well, let me finish the Spanish game. So the Nations League, the way France was able to win it, was by teamwork because I I have noticed that in this game against Kazakhstan and the previous two games they played in this the finishing up the, the Nations League, a lot of the goals came with an assist. Okay, that shows that they're starting to get the act together. There's lack of selfishness and there's trust. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a huge help to the French national team. No joke. And this game against Kazakhstan, you know, go to this game. I figured it's probably gonna be three nothing because you know. I didn't think that France was... I, I, didn't, I was like thinking uh, France is just going to think they're going to get an easy win. But we've seen what happens when they think that. I mean, let's not, let's not forget that back in the 2018 World Cup qualifiers, France was held to a scoreless draw against Luxembourg. I mean, that was humiliating. So, you know, and I really actually had the feeling, I mean, it would be a shame if this, if this game, Kazakhstan, was actually able to get a point against France in France. I mean... That's an utter embarrassment. I mean, in, in the words of somebody I know very well, it would be repulsive, repugnant, disgraceful, most of all, fraud, fraud, fraud. But thankfully, France actually got the job done, and they actually got do got it done in good fashion. 8-0. to zero. If I am correct, that's France's biggest win since 2014, when France beat Jamaica 8-0 to zero in a World Cup, Cup warm-up game. Right before they left for Brazil. 
I believe that was actually where Antoine Griezmann made his official debut for the national team. And speaking of Griezmann, there's actually going to be something fantastic I have to say in a little bit. But at first, I'd like to uh, wrap up the uh, uh, this game about this match. So Kazakhstan, that match. Seven of the goals had assists. The only goal that didn't have an assist was Antoine Griezmann's goal, but that's because he was off of a penalty. But the seven goals, all with assists, man, that is what I want to see. When you see these players working together, I mean, I, I was watching the match. The players were working together, making passes, creating chances for one another, having each other's backs. I saw what was going on, and that is what I want to see. That's what France needs to keep going. You know, I'm not going to shit on Didier Deschamps anymore, even though I can't trust the guy, and I want and I want the French Football Federation to get rid of him. But, I mean, I'll give, it, I'll give him his credit, but I honestly believe in my heart that the players are playing amongst themselves. The leadership, the strong leadership, that's something that France really needs, is coming from the likes of Karim Benzema, N'Golo Kanté, Hugo Lloris, Antoine Griezmann, and all the veteran players. Because, make no mistakes, a lot of the youngsters are playing right now. And I really believe that the players are getting the leadership and the trust through themselves. Because, like I said, Didier Deschamps can no longer be trusted. But we do have to give him credit for one thing. Didier Deschamps actually put the right kind of tactic and formation. So we got to give Didier Deschamps credit for that. But as far as the rest goes, the players know that they're gonna have, they are gonna they only have themselves to uh, count on. And that, that would work for anybody. When it comes to a national team, you got to take it upon yourself to get the job done. you got to trust your teammates, and the teammates have to trust you. It's all about having a camaraderie. It's a brotherhood. You guys have to treat each other like family. You're a national team. You win together, you lose together. Okay? That's what I get it. These guys train together. Okay? So if you can't trust your teammates, you're not going to win a game. That's just how it works. It's all about trust, ladies and gentlemen. And this French national team today had trust among the players. They had it in the Nations League semifinal and the final. That's how they were able to win the Nations League. That's how they were able to play so well against Kazakhstan. So at any rate, going to Qatar next year, France needs to have that trust. They need to be focused. They need to trust one another. They got to have each other's back. They have to be on the same page. And most of all, they got to be focused and not arrogant. In France's case, they can't allow next year to be 2002 all over again. 2002, when France were the defending champions, losing to Senegal in their opening game, you know, go, going the entire group stage without even scoring a single goal. That was embarrassing. France can't let that happen again. France has a strong squad, okay? Like I said, well over a billion dollars worth of talent, Okay? France is going to have to prove that they're not only a favorite to successfully defend the title, they're going to have to prove they're more than capable of doing it. Personally, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I don't I don't see it happening because, look, we have to wait and see. Although, like I said, I can't trust E.G. Deschamps. But then again, because the players seem to be working, seem to be leading amongst themselves, the leadership and everything is, is among the players, then you know what? I trust the players, okay? Now I trust them a, a little bit more because they actually got their act together when they won the Nations League and play, the way they played today. Like the last three games, you know, overall, the way the way they've played, you know, they have begun to gain my trust. 
It's not there 100%. Right now, I would probably say that my trust in them is 50%. 50%. So we're going to have to wait and see. All right. So this game against Kazakhstan, a couple things I want to say. Kylian Mbappe scored a hat-trick. Okay. That's his first hat-trick in international duty. And in his last three games for France, Kylian Mbappe has scored five goals and has provided two assists. And that's in his last three games for Les Bleus. That dates back to the semi-final game against Belgium in the Nations League. But it was just so good to see him score a hat-trick in international duty. Now everybody will say, big deal, it was against, it was against Kazakhstan. Okay, I get it. Kazakhstan, which, which came, came into this game against France, ranked 125th, with France ranked, uh, I believe, uh, second. I believe France is either second or third, I'm not sure. But there's well over, there's like 120 spots in the difference, I get it. But Kylian Mbappe is proving a point. Let's look at last summer after he missed that penalty against Switzerland, which caused France to be eliminated. Kylian Mbappe has been on a mission to redeem himself. I mean, let's not forget there was a point at one time Kylian Mbappe actually had strongly considered retiring from international football. That would be a disaster for France. And that would be a disaster for Mbappe because of, because of all the freaking, all the racism, all the, all, all the things he had to endure, you know. All the vitriol and everything, it, it was it was really unfair. I get it. Mbappe missed the penalty. Mbappe's behavior at, at Euro 2020 and, you know, that whole drama with Olivier Giroud before the tournament. Uh, obviously, and I'll admit, Mbappe had gotten arrogant. Look, Mbappe has really is really turning things around. And my advice to him is to keep up the good work, my brother. Keep up the good work because everybody knows I love killing Mbappe. I have been writing and, ro and rooting and, you know, following Mbappe's career ever since he came onto the scene. I'll never forget writing that piece, which, which I entitled, The Emergence of Kylian Mbappe, when Kylian Mbappe was 18 years old. So Kylian Mbappe is a strong influence in my career. I enjoy writing about him. I enjoy talking about him. I enjoy watching him play. The dude is phenomenal. And he's only 22 years old. And, and speaking of Mbappe... Several more uh, facts from this game as I'm looking up. Kylian Mbappe had actually had a hat-trick. And Kylian Mbappe is the first player to score a hat-trick with France in a competitive match since 1985. But I got you one even better. Because Kylian Mbappe actually scored four goals in this game. Four goals against Kazakhstan. Kylian Mbappe is the first player to score four goals in a, in a match representing France since 1958. The last time that happened, the last time a, f a player scored four goals representing France was Juste Fontaine in June of 1958 in against West Germany. So, I mean, I, I just, I, I mean, I'm just so happy for Mbappe. Now, of course, the hater, now, of course, the haters are going to say against, it was against, again, it was against Kazakhstan. You know what? Mbappe is playing good for his national team. He might score a hat-trick right now against a lowly team like Kazakhstan. But as long as he keeps it up, I bet you one day he scores a hat-trick against the likes of either Germany, Italy, Brazil, Argentina. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, Kylian Mbappe is the future of the national team. We're going to see him score many good goals against the large teams. You just wait. Ah, oh, boy. 
Now speak. Now we've got with Kylian Mbappe. Now let's talk a little bit about Kareem Benzema. Well, Kareem Benzema, I tell you what, ever since his recall to the national team, Kareem Benzema has really been doing a great job. I, I really believe that Kareem Benzema, along with Hugo Lloris, I really believe that those guys are really the, the two main guys that, that are really leading the team big time. They're both vet, veteran players. You know, I'm sure N'Golo Kante, with his experience too and his accomplishments, I'm sure he's also a, a team leader. And the bottom line is, I know that Kareem Benzema and, and Hugo Lloris are both taking charge and leading the youngsters and leading all the players. You know, same thing with Antoine Griezmann. <laughs> but speaking of Kareem Benzema, he scored two goals today. Two goals. And I believe that's his eighth goal now ever since he returned from his exile. And Benzema is now France's fifth highest all-time leading scorer. And Antoine Griezmann, who scored a goal off of a penalty, he now moves to France's third in all time, as all-time leading scorer with 42 goals. Antoine Griezmann, ladies and gentlemen, he passed Michel Platini. I honestly, I mean, as far as top scorers for France in international football, the goal, the uh, excuse me, the record is 51 goals, and Thierry Henry currently holds it. Olivier Giroud is at 46, but unfortunately for Olivier Giroud. It's very likely we'll never ever see him be selected for the national team again, which is a shame because I really wanted Giroud to actually break the record. But no matter what, Giroud, he's a hero to me. He's one of my favorite players. He's always going to be a hero for the French Republic. He's always going to be one of my favorite players, just like Benzema. But I think now, Antoine Griezmann and Karim Benzema, those two have a chance of, of actually breaking that Breaking that record. I wouldn't even be surprised if Antoine Griezmann broke the record first. And there was a chance that Kareem Benzema then ends up breaking that record. But either way, whoever out of those two is the highest all-time leading scorer, Kareem Benzema and Antoine Griezmann, I will be forever grateful. Much like Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud, Antoine Griezmann, Kareem Benzema. Those guys are players I truly appreciate. I've always enjoyed watching them play. And I... I'm happy for them, and I'm so thankful. And as far as Benzema and Griezmann go, keep up the good work. And if Giroud gets miraculously called up again, I'll be happy. But I just hope that Giroud actually gets to play because I know that Giroud, if you give him a chance, he'll do his best. But things are not going too well with AC Milan too, so I really believe that Giroud might actually be close to being at the end of his rope. But, you know, Giroud, Giroud has a Champions League title. He has a World Cup title. He has a European League title. Giroud has hardware on his resume, so... So Giroud has nothing to be ashamed of. And I'm sorry that, that this whole thing with Benzema being recalled back up has really caused an imbalance, as you describe. I'm sorry, Giroud. But it's okay. Anyway, I really got caught up in, the mix, in, 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 this, in this emotional uh, thing. But, <clears throat> you know, what's, uh, what I really want to talk about also, you know, this game against Kazakhstan was actually on the six-year anniversary of the Paris attacks, you know. And I was actually beyond that. I was actually amazed. You know, Twitter didn't really... There was not much remembering about the uh, 2015 uh, Paris attacks. You know, for France to play a game against Kazakhstan on the six-year anniversary, you know, I know at the beginning, of the, right before the game, there was a moment of silence and there was some tribute, so I was actually happy to see that because for keep in mind, I was actually watching the game. So, anyway... 
Yo, Antoine Griezmann, after scoring his penalty, he lifted he lifted his jersey and sh and had actually had a white shirt on with the date, November 11th, 2015. Antoine Griezmann paid tribute to the victims of the November, November 2015 Paris attacks. You know, that was just, that was amazing. That was amazing. Oh, and, and I really, and no doubt in my mind, you know, the fact that France actually won this game to qualify, there's no doubt in my mind that the French national team has dedicated this victory to the victims of the terrorist attacks in Paris back in November 2015. So, <coughs> so it was really a good day for the French national team, you know, to defend the title and, you know, it's gonna be it, it, France. France really is gonna have a hard time in Qatar next year. You know, when they're the defending champions, you know. Of of course, there's the curse of the defending of the defending champions. You know, we saw what happened to Germany and Russia. We saw what happened to Italy and South Africa. You know, and then you know France in two thousand two. So, but there's one thing I did notice, and I've talked about this before. Brazil, they suffered their curse of defending champions back in nineteen sixty six. And then when Brazil won the World Cup in 2002 and 2006, they were out in the quarterfinals. But the bottom line is, what I'm trying to say is, the curse of the, of the defending champions seems to happen only once to a national team. I mean, when Germany won the World Cup in 1990, they actually went to the quarterfinals in 1994. But they had their curse back in 2018, three years ago. So what I'm saying is, maybe, maybe, just maybe... The curse of the defending champions might not hit France. Might not. But it's up to France to make sure to get to get the job done. To come to the World Cup prepared on top of its game and win the games. And defend the title to the best of their ability. And if possible, pull off the miracle and successfully retain the title. <coughs> but I think that in France's case, no matter even if France manages to retain the title. I still think it's gonna be it's gonna be time for a change, a managerial change. So if France miraculously pulls it off and, and successfully retains their title. Didier Deschamps needs to resign, and it's time to bring in a new face. And the best guy to bring is once again is Zinedine Zidane. No matter what, it needs to happen. Deschamps has been with the national team since 2012. I think that's that's more than long enough. And I think in soccer, it was especially international duty. No manager should be at the, at the managerial position for that long. Of course, I might say the same thing about Zidane, you know, provide that he's successful. But the bottom line is, Didier Deschamps has done everything for the national team, and even though I can't trust him anymore and like that, I am grateful that he was able to help lead France to its second World Cup title. But the bottom line is, I think the French national team, the players, need a new manager. It's time for a change in direction. It's time for, it's time for a new face to be put in that place. I really do believe in my heart that Zinedine Zidane can make France stronger than it's ever been. Because that's why I've warned the players. If Zidane becomes the manager of the national team, you either get your act together or Zidane's going to do it for you. <laughs> you can believe that. So anyway, now I've got most of the stuff out of the way, I want to take a look at who else has qualified for the World Cup. Even though I have a gut feeling I, I know already. Obviously, Qatar's in, but they're the hosts, so. So, the qualified teams, okay, so I know that Germany's in, and I did an episode on that. You know, Denmark is in, and then so is Belgium. Belgium actually qualified on the same day, on the same day, along with France, so that's good. 
Brazil actually qualified uh, earlier this week. And Germany and Denmark qualified last month, so that's good. Hmm. Hmm. Well, as far as the and, and as far as um, France goes, actually, I, I should have uh, forgot to mention earlier that France actually has one more World Cup qualifying match to play, but against Finland. Actually, I did mention that. I just remembered now. Sorry, <laughs> my head keeps spitting. So, and as far as the game against Finland, being, uh, it, I I don't I don't see any reason for France to actually have its starters in. I doubt that Karim Benzema is going to start. I don't think Antoine Griezmann is going to start. I don't think Mbappe is going to start. I'm pretty sure that Didier Sean is going to put in the youngsters and all the reserves in, and we'll see We'll see how it goes. I mean, in Finland's case, Finland needs to win in order to keep the World Cup qualifying hopes alive. France is in the clear. France has secured the top spot. France has, ter- has topped the group, which means they're automatically in, so France has nothing to worry about. <laughs> France does, France does not have to be the, does not have to beat Finland. Although I I still say they should probably go ahead and do so. I mean they gotta have to make Finland earn that win. But uh, but I think you know France France rests the starters. Finland's obviously gonna go full strength because they need the win bad. So I wouldn't be surprised if Finland has a good day in their capital against the defending World Cup champions. But then again, remember France already took France already has their spot. France rested their starters, so so Finland might not might be in a, in a position to where they have no excuse. But you know, before I let y'all go, I want to take a look at the where the groups are from here. Let's see. Want to take a look at the World Cup qualifying? I'm gonna first gonna start off with the Europe with Europe. <laughs> well, most of the groups are kind of decided for that matter. Groups A, B, and C. Well, there's the two top teams are, are both basically, I mean, uh, they have to finish out. Portugal and Serbia, there's one more match to play, and, and uh, we'll, that ought to be decided next week. So I, I'm guessing by, that within the next couple of days, groups A, B, and C will, will be uh, decided. We'll see who tops the groups out of that. Like I said, Group D, France has already secured it. Belgium has secured Group E. And Group F, uh, won by Denmark, uh, Denmark already uh, secured that last month. But Scotland's actually going to advance to the, to the uh, playoffs, and so is Wales. And Austria is obviously advancing as well, so congratulations to them, and good luck in the playoffs. The Netherlands, unfortunately, you know, speaking of the Netherlands, unfortunately, they blew a 2-0 lead against Montenegro. I mean, they had the 2-0 lead going with 10 minutes left, and Montenegro scores, you know, scores two goals in a span of three minutes, so that's embarrassing for the Dutch. And as far as uh, Group G goes, nobody, nobody has basically uh, has been assured of the the top group of topping the group or the playoffs. Russia and Croatia were assured of the playoffs, along with England and Poland. So, so the European qualifiers are just about done. Germany also has their, their had their group secured last month. So right now it's it's between North Macedonia and Romania in Group J. I should say not Group G, Group J. So anyway. Now looking at the uh, you know now at this point I'm really curious to see how the rest of the qualifiers go because you know more subjects to talk about and gonna be you know Egypt Egypt is actually advancing to the final uh, qualifying phase uh, in the African continent. It'd be nice to see Egypt qualify for the World Cup again and hopefully that Egypt can actually have a better a better uh, campaign this time in the World Cup in Qatar. Senegal is also advancing as is Morocco, so. 
That's really interesting. And, and of course, the United States had that brilliant game against Mexico. And uh, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, I will be doing an episode. But I will wait till the USA plays uh, their game against Jamaica before actually I do the before I do my episode. I'd like to keep it that way because it's just another part of the campaign. But, man, it was good to see the U.S. beat Mexico on home soil. So, But, again, that's an episode for another time, and I plan on doing that within the next couple of days. All right? Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me this evening, and I'll see you all next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.